Welcome to Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and those in our community. So this episode starts our series on subtypes. It's been a long time coming for sure, um, but I'm super excited to talk about subtypes. So before you listen to this episode, you're going to need to understand the instincts and the passion for your number. So if you haven't listened to the episodes before this one on instincts and passion, Go ahead and check those out before you check this one out, because in order to get a better understanding of what's happening in your subtype, you really need to know what's happening in your dominant instinct. And you need to understand what your passion of your number is. And they kind of range throughout your emotional patterns in life. So intro music, let's get it because we're about to get into it. super excited to announce my new partnership with BetterHelp. This episode is actually sponsored by BetterHelp. If you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. So I'm super excited uh, about this partnership that me and BetterHelp have um, entered into because in this point where everything that we're doing right now to connect with people is more virtual, it is so important mental health. I think that aligns perfectly with Things that we're trying to do, things that I want to do, and um, anybody that I would refer or think that could be potentially beneficial to the audience. And I think BetterHelp is definitely one of them. BetterHelp is basically, it's online counseling or therapy. So you're able to actually get some counseling or therapy Uh, depending on what's going on from licensed counselors and therapists around the country. And um, you get to be able to get some of that one-on-one mental checkup that you may need and BetterHelp is able to help you. So just go to betterhelp.com forward slash do it and you get a 10% discount for your first month. So what is a subtype? Subtypes, it is a type's passion and their instincts kind of multiply together. And they create this really interesting, very specific type of cocktail. So it's whatever your dominant instinct is combined with your passion. And so you also have a stack. So you have three instincts, which is social, sexual, and self-preservation. And they're all stacked in a certain way, meaning that they're ranked. So whatever the dominant one is, that means it's probably overactive. And whatever the repressed one is, that means it's probably underactive. And so the one in between is probably good. You probably utilize it in the right form, in the right way, in a healthier way. Then you can use your dominant and repressed one. So understanding the stack, why is it important to understand the subtypes and your stack? So it's very important to understand it because there's a deeper understanding to you and your Enneagram number when you understand your subtype stack and what your subtypes are. And it gives you clarity around growth for you as well. And so it also helps you to see that your individual growth as a certain number may look a tinge bit different than another person's growth as that number. And also this helps us realize that all numbers don't look the same. 
all numbers, all people who are eights don't look the same. And the subtype is a big reason for it. Okay. That's a huge reason for it. Some types look like counter, they're what called what we call counter types. And what that means is that they internally are have the same underpinning issues and struggles and challenges of all of that number. But on the surface, they respond to it differently. They respond in a counter way than the other two subtypes do. So understanding the stack a little bit better, if your dominant instinct is on top and it's this one, there's a message in it. So for instance, if you're self-preservation and it's your dominant one, you have this feeling instinctually that I'm always in danger. There's always fear there. And as a self-preserved person who's dominant in that instinct, it took me a while to realize that. But in so many situations, I literally feel like I am in danger just about all the time, no matter where I go. I'm always trying to make sure that I'm safe in some type of way. Then the next one is social. If social is your dominant instinct, then you feel that I am no one without a group and status. So for socially dominant types, it's very important to remember that you are more than a social group or status, but that's the over active sense in the social instinct. It's overly active. That instinct, if it's dominant, it's overly active. And so you have to be aware of that. If your instinct is dominant in the sexual, it means that I am no one without a significant other. And so it's very important for you to understand who is sexually dominant, that in order to be somebody, it's not just, it's that you are valuable regardless of who you're with, or regardless if you have a significant other with you or not. So you have to be aware of that. Remember, the instinct is overactive if it's your dominant one. We got to be aware of that. So if it's your bottom instinct, aka your repressed one in your stack, for self-preservation, it means my life is not important. So if you have a repressed center that is self-preservation, you have to watch out because that means that you don't treat yourself with the proper self-care because somewhere in your instincts, a lot of times unconsciously, you don't believe your life is that important. For social, it is, I don't trust others, groups, causes, the collective, and humanity. So if that's your repressed one, you have to watch out for that because there's a natural inclination not to trust any type of group or big cause or collective or humanity. So you have to watch out because it's underactive. It's not in a healthy place. It's only looking at all oh, these things are really bad, so I'm not going to join them and look at the negative sides of anything that could be collective or group effort. And then if your repressed center is sexual, then I am not interesting or attractive and intimate relationships may not be for me. So for those who have a sexual repressed center, in some type of way, they don't feel that intimate relationships are necessarily for them, possibly, and or they don't feel attractive and they just may not feel interested in it. So that is an issue. If your sexual instinct is repressed, that means that something is going on and it's not active as it should be making sure you engage in intimate one-on-one relationships in a healthy way. Let's get it, type three. Remember, the passion of the three is deceit. And remember, this deceit isn't necessarily the way we may think of it as then telling you like a lie necessarily, but it's a deceit of who they are to themselves and who they present to other people. It's more of a deceit of who they present and not the authentic person who they really are. And so majority of this information comes from Beatrice Chestnut and Uranium Pius by way of Claudia Naranjo. So when you have the passion of deceit mixed with the self-preservation instinct, you get the counter type of the three because you have one that is merging with making sure that material needs 
and that they are okay for them in their small unit. So this is the counter type, extremely hardworking. One of the hardest workers on the Enneagram, if not the hardest worker. Um, so they're super big when it comes to being a workaholic. And not only are they looking to, not only do self-preservation threes want to look good, but they also want to be good. And they want to be a good role model. And so here's where we get kind of confused with the threes. A lot of times they only show the social three when they're talking about them. And so people misunderstand the self-preservation three and the sexual three quite a bit because the self-preservation three wants to look good, yes, just like any three. But at the same time, they genuinely want to be good. They genuinely want to be good role models typically. And so they can look like ones, but unlike ones with the inner rightness that they have, self-preservation threes want to be good according to social consensus. And see, that's where it goes awry. Like they want to be good, but it can go awry when you want it to be based on the social consensus that's around you. Because who knows what's around you? And plus, is that authentically you? This three is actually shy, typically which is, you know, a little opposite of the social three who loves the spotlight and loves to shine and other threes. But this one is usually the most shy of the threes. And they usually don't do a lot of self-promotion. It's kind of like, I want to be acknowledged. I want it, you know, or that even this three sometimes looks like, oh, no, I don't want the praise. No, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. But actually they do, but they feel bad for liking it because of maybe social consensus or everything. So they do want that, the accomplishment, the success and everything. But the tricky part is um, they really want to be a good person and be seen as a good person. So a lot of times this three can actually shy away from that and actually be shy and not self-promote as much. This three, although threes in general are typically competitive, this three is also the least competitive of the threes. And so they are more family focused. You got to think about it, small unit self-preservation. They're more family focused, like inner smaller family focused, security and financial focused. Make sure they're secure financially is extremely important to this three. And so they try to tell the truth of who they are. You know, the issue is that they are getting a lot of their truth sometimes from the social consensus of where they grew up and who they believe they should be in the situation. So that becomes the tricky part. But they try to. They're not trying to put on one. But a lot of times they just don't know. And so, like I mentioned before, this three can have vanity for pushing to not be vain or look vain um, as if that isn't a part of them. But it is. And another thing, which is right along the lines with the three, you remember they're trying, this self-preservation three is trying to tell the truth of who they are. But the tricky part is a lot of times they're not sure who they are. And so they really have to do the work in order to get there to know who they truly are beneath the different layers. So the next one, the social three. So when self-deceit entangles with the instinct of social, it turns into the stereotypical three for the group and becomes whatever looks successful for the group. So this three is the leadership type. They are the ones that you see in books and posters, aiming for the top of corporations, all these type of things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? There's there's good, there's bad, there's greed that can come from some of the overly competitive, trying to get the best out of things for this three as well. But they're usually the leader type and they morph extremely well. When you talk about a chameleon, these threes are they're a little bit more conscious of their morphing to fit whatever is successful in the area. They're a little bit more. And so this three also has that sales mentality. 
They can sell water to a well. They can sell the Brooklyn Bridge to Brooklyn. Like they can do all this stuff, right? So these are the type of people who are super salesy. Self-promotion is on fleek. They don't play with self-promotion. They're great at it. They can sell themselves. They can sell any product you just can think about off the top of their head. It's a gift. And so that means they're great socially. And part of that is because they're constantly reading the room and reading people. So they know how to project the right image. They are the most competitive of the three subtypes. And they also are the most aggressive of the three subtypes. And so, like I said before, remember, they're the stereotypical three that you usually see and that's talked about. This one is not shy about recognition or achievement or acknowledgement or success. They're, they're not shy about it. Whereas the other two threes, the sexual and the self-preservation threes, they're a little bit less big on getting like this huge amount of recognition in front of people. But this three, not so much. Um, so they do want the applause. They do like the stage. They love being in front of people. It's kind of like a quote that says, I'm a star. How can I not shine? You know, so it's one of those type of things. And a lot of comfort can be seen with them on stage. So they actually get a kick out of it. It's very enjoyable for them to be in front of people. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does going to work give you instant anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you aren't going to quit your job, you should call Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving personal and workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, leadership, and conflict management, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace performance so you can improve your services and bottom line. You can reach Kaizen Careers at kaizencareers.com or 901-334-1644. The next one. So when the passion of self-deceit entangles with the instinct of sexual, you get a person who is image-focused, but trying their best to adapt and be intimate with someone. So you get a really relationship-oriented three. And this three is really supportive of others, whereas a lot of times threes can steamroll people, uh, especially when they're doing work and everything. But this three actually has the ability and the capability to really support others because they're looking to support others along with their threeness. So they're just as competent as the other two threes, but their focus is actually on pleasing others, which is really interesting in a type of three that people don't usually talk about. And so they are extremely cheerful cheerleaders. They are your biggest cheerleaders, right? They have your back. They're going to represent for you and they're going to do their best to make sure you're seen and you shine if that if you're the person that they are trying to attach with, in a sense, and be intimate with. And so they want to be successful, but they feel more comfortable actually focusing on the success of other people. And so a lot of times this one can get misconstrued for two. And here's where it gets tricky for a person who's a two or a three, especially if you're a sexual three. It can get really tricky because it can look like a two without on outward behavior. And so that is really interesting. But the difference is there's not as much pride when it comes to the three. The sexual three doesn't have as much pride like a two would have behind the things that they're doing. 
The three just wants to make sure, like, the person that they are reveling in their success, they're just proud of them. They're super excited. They're going to represent them. And that's a huge thing for them. It's not necessarily a pride thing that's attached, but they are trying to be one with the success of another person in a sense. And so they can be quite insecure on the inside, which all threes have an insecurity and a social anxiety to a certain point. Everybody usually has insecurities to a certain degree. But this one can be quite insecure on the inside and actually know it compared to the other threes who may go about it without fully completely knowing what's going on. And so this three also is the one who is the most disconnected from themselves because you got to think about it. You have a person who is image focused, aka focused on what other people think of them. And then they're also focused with the instinct of sexual on making sure they kind of merge or be with someone else to find identity and value with and through their success. So you have that double whammy going on for the sexual three. And so that makes them very disconnected from themselves um, before they really start doing inner work. And so these threes also want strong relationships, but they do not have a strong sense of who they are because they are so focused on what others think. And so that's the tricky and troubling part uh, about being a, a sexual three who lead with that one because they really want really, really strong relationships. And they're really good at putting off a wonderful image, absolutely wonderful image as like the perfect or the great mate. But the issue is they don't know who they are and they can get lost inside of a relationship and with other people. And so they're also the most, remember, the sexual types are like usually the types that express life and experience life the most passionately, aka they are more infused with their emotions and expressing them doesn't bother them or have issues typically like other types do like, oh, so this one's actually the most emotional. And so one of the huge things that they have to do is actually identify with their sadness because emotions for a three can come out as anger a lot of times. And that's to cover up, you know, the different parts or it comes out as a, a something sharp that has to do with anger, emotion like that. But it comes out in a way that doesn't really help them facilitate dealing with the real issues. And a lot of times with the sexual three, it's actually sadness. So growth time for the three. Remember, the passion is self-deceit. It's deceit. It's a um, artificial inauthentic version of them that they are constantly presenting in different groups to different people in order to try to find their personal value. So the way that they get to growth is moving towards truthfulness. And a part of finding truthfulness for the self-preservation three, so you can kind of counteract the subtype, is to slow down and relax. You're a hard worker and allow yourself to express and experience real feelings. So remember, self-preservation for the most part of any type is usually the most fear-based. And so they are the most, they're the most kind of closed off almost to people. And so what they are doing here with the three is that they work so hard. It's that they work through not feeling real experiences and feelings in life because those are maybe too painful or too intimate or too close. And so they can actually kind of run over those emotions. And so they just keep moving, they keep doing, and they keep working so they don't have to experience those things. But one of the growth points for a self-pressed dominant three is going to be slow down. Allow yourself to express and experience the real feelings that you actually have. The next part is to help a self-pressed three is wolf packing. What I mean by that is find ways to connect with others on your journey. A lot of times you want to work so hard and do it by yourself. And you want to be the lone wolf. 
But wolf packing it, when you actually allow other people to come along with the different tasks that you have and actually help you, you will go further and you experience life more fully. So you want to wolf pack it and not lone wolf it all the time and every time you get the chance. So you don't want to lone wolf, like I said, so often and then make excuses why you did it. Because I know you can do that. These people, they move too slow. These people are not effective. These people are not efficient. All these type of things. Don't go there. Wolf pack it. Find ways to make sure you utilize and the people around you. By utilize, I mean use their gifts and strengths, not to take advantage of, but to bring them along with you, to propel you as well, and for you to propel them and be that role model and that good person you really want to be. Because it's hard to do that when you're a lone wolf, but it's very easier. It's much easier to do it when you are a leader of a wolf pack. Hi, I'm super excited to tell you about a partnership I just joined in on. As an Enneagram coach, I understand the Enneagram helps in all different aspects of a person's life. A part of that journey can only be helped sometimes by someone outside of themselves, someone in the profession of counseling or therapy. So that's why I partner with BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is basically a virtual way to contact and be in connection with counselors and therapists around the country. And at this time that we're going through socially being distant and a lot of being trapped in our houses or different things, even though it can be wonderful, a lot of times we may need to express something that's going on or things may be arising inside that we don't understand how to deal with. And so BetterHelp is a wonderful, affordable way to receive therapy and counseling in your home virtually. So if you are struggling, BetterHelp can help. You'll receive 10% off your first month when you sign on using betterhelp.com forward slash do it. That's D-O-I-T. So this information will be in the show notes, but this is a way if you do need some help, mental help and working through things and emotional things, BetterHelp can definitely help. Ways to counter the social dominant three. So first of all, pay attention to the difference between the image you convey and who you really are. Because there's a difference. And if you don't know the difference, it's really time to start to sit back and think and sit back and really monitor what's happening when you are in front of people and what's happening when you're not. Because you're going to have to bridge that gap because the further you get away from who you really are is when things really start to go awry in your life. And, and, and for the three, what's interesting, especially in Westernized society, it can look like you're doing so well, you're having so much success. But in actuality, who you really are and the things that you're really doing to get there don't align with who you are and it eventually will not end well. So make sure you're identifying the connection between the two. The next one, identify those real feelings. A lot of times threes can roll over their real feelings, especially the social three, because when they're in front of people on stage or doing their thing, they're like, I don't have time for those. I'm trying to make it. And so understanding that definitely makes sense. But what you want to do, you want to make sure that you make time and you actually identify the real feelings that you have within you. The next thing is acknowledge your failures, setbacks, losses, and have compassion for yourself. Don't just use them to fuel you to keep you moving. I don't take ills. I don't take losses. I just take, I learn or all this type of stuff. Don't, don't, don't do that. Actually accept the fact that you have lost, that there are some failures and there are some setbacks in life. 
and acknowledge those as a very vulnerable part of you. And yes, you want to say, okay, I've learned this from it, but don't necessarily always turn everything into fuel to be great. I know everybody saw the last dance for the most part, the Michael Jordan thing or whatever. And so he was definitely probably a social three. I'm almost guaranteeing you that. And so the issue is, do you still want this image thing? At this point in his life, he's still doing for this image. He made this documentary, which is a great documentary, but it's full of lies at the same time, just to make him look better than anything else. And so you want to make sure you're careful with that so that you're not constantly chasing that and that your life is like unraveling, though you look super successful in this one area. The rest of your life is all kind of despondent and you don't have those true connections and that love that you actually really want because you can have that and you can be successful and that can be part of your success. So that's very important for um, social dominant threes to recognize. Next, ways to counteract sexual dominant three. Seek and find who you are outside of pleasing someone in a relationship. You got to remember, you are just as important as anyone else. And so you've got to make sure you can identify who you are and not just make sure you show the image of who you want to look like or who you look like successfully beside somebody. But who are you? You got to dig down and find who that is. And then you got to make room for you in your life, the real you. A lot of times the sexual three is great for not only working hard like all threes, but the issue is that a lot of times your life is filled with someone else or something else's agenda a lot of times and their success and whatever is attributed to it. So you don't have much room for your own self in your life because you're constantly trying to identify with someone else or something else that you perceive as being successful. So make sure you make time for you, the real you. And spend time maybe alone, not just working, but getting to know yourself. That can be meditation. That can be your own personal things. You do something fun, something goofy, something silly, or just being and not always focus on doing, but just being. And then the next thing is share your authentic feelings with others. And so this is always tough for um, like certain types, certain cultures, but definitely threes is actually being able to share your feelings because threes first have to get to their feelings and then they have to be able to actually share the real feelings that they have because they can share feelings and it not be their real feelings sometimes. And part of that may be to look a certain way in a group of people a lot of times, but it also can be the fact that they are not knowing exactly what they're feeling because they haven't truly worked to get there. So make sure you take the time to actually share your authentic feelings with others. Find a group of people you trust or a person and be able to really speak what's on your mind and on your heart because it can be difficult for the three to authentically speak to that. So that's all I have for this episode. One thing I want to mention is the upcoming art show this week. I'm super excited. It is June fourth this Thursday and it's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time and it's free to sign up. It's EnneagramArtShow.com and you can sign up on Eventbrite. I would absolutely love for you to be there. I am speaking along with the wonderful Beatrice Chestnut. So I'm super excited about that. Besides that, I do Enneagram typing interviews. If you aren't sure what your Enneagram type is, I can help you find that. Like your Enneagram type or your subtype, I can help you find that. Because the, the more you find, the closer you get to finding your subtype and really who you are, the quicker you can start to do the work, the inner work on yourself as you need to do it. If you are interested in that typing interview, you can email me at Milton at KaizenCareers.com. You can hit me up on Instagram and or you can go to Kaizen careers.com and then just put in a um, book now consultation. We can talk about it 
And then we can decide from there where we should go. Podcasting is not free for podcasters. It's free for listeners, but not podcasters. It does cost. And so if you want to help support this show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. And you can support from a dollar all the way up to whatever you can. I'm really thankful for it. It helps pay for the podcast editor, which gives me way more time to actually create content and try to provide more value for you. Also, go to YouTube and subscribe to the channel. I'm working on developing a YouTube channel. I'm a super noob to it, so I do not look great on these first couple of videos, but still informative. I'm starting from the basics, and it's only going to get better with time. You grow, you learn, you get better. That's how it works. Um, so make sure you subscribe there, and then also subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget. And besides that, for any three, if you feel triggered and you feel that your subtype is about to make you through do something super three-ish, which you know is not going to be right for the authentic you, pause, take a deep breath, slow down, and do it for the gram. Make a good decision. And we'll see you next time on the next episode. Bye.